welcome to the C3 Camden podcast. For more information about our church, please visit www.c3camden.church. We are so thrilled that you're listening today and we hope you enjoy the message. Thanks, thanks Rowan, for leading us in that. I'll, I'll resist the corny leader joke that when you go up on stage is, well, thanks for coming, everyone. Um, we're good to go. I don't need to preach anymore. Um, that, that will be said forever, I think, that one. Yeah. Thanks, Steph. Thanks for uh, especially jumping in last minute as well. You weren't even meant to be here on stage, uh, and you jumped in for us. So thank you very much. Thanks, Steph. Uh, I just want to say... Um, straight out the front, just want to say thank you to our, uh, to our leaders here, um, Pastor Edwina, who was able to be here today, um, and to Rowan and Jill. You, uh, it sometimes can get missed, especially uh, if, you're, uh, if you don't regularly come on stage. The amount of trust, or if you haven't been a leader, allowing people to go on stage pretty much on your behalf, uh, on behalf of the church, uh, there's a certain... Uh, I don't know how to say it, but you've got to try and make sure, there's like a, a bit of a gateway to make sure that when you're going up on stage, you're handing someone a microphone, uh, you're allowing them to uh, have a bit of authority to speak up here. And it can be very uh, nerve-wracking, especially if it's people who've done it the first time or something like that. Uh, but the amount of trust that goes to handing that over, and I want to say thank you for having that trust in me to be able to come up and do that. I know I've done it a few times. Um, but also, there's another layer of trust, and I don't think if people really give it much thought. When a leader is not in the room and they're like, oh, we need someone to preach this week, yeah, that person can do it. And that's, that's trust, because you're not going to be in the room, um, you know, you're not going to be there when they're saying stuff, all that sort of thing. But I think there's another layer of trust, which is even more, that you're going to be sitting in that room uh, and you've got to, you're sitting there and you are putting yourself with everyone else as a leader under what that person is there saying. And you're trusting that they are going to be speaking on your behalf in the room. Like you can sort of go, oh, I wasn't there, so it's okay. Um, I'll, I'll have a chat with them about that. Yeah, plausible deniability. But when they're in the room, you can't run away from that. you like, you know, so you're there. I'm glad, yeah. Thanks, Ron. Rowan said he trusted me, everyone, so that's okay. Um, so originally, uh, I, when I was asked to preach, one of the first thoughts that popped in my head, um, and, the, and was an image as well, uh, was going to be talking a lot around communion, which I did last time I was up here. I tied my message into communion. We had communion together here. And funnily enough, we had no band. So uh, we're on Wednesday, uh, I was like, oh, I'm not quite sure what's, uh, what I'm, haven't really nailed down yet. Paul messaged me earlier in the week saying, oh, what songs, what's your theme? I'm like, look, the theme's Encountering Jesus. Um, has has been every other week. I don't quite know where I'm sort of being led yet. Uh, and then, so at gathering Wednesday night, Doug asked me, uh, and he said, oh, so what are you preaching about this week? And I'm like, well, the idea I've got so far is communion, but I preached about that last time. I don't know if I want to do that. And he's like, well... I don't think anyone will remember anyway. And I'm like, that is actually true. That is very true. But then when Paul messaged through and said he had COVID, sorry, Paul, um, the first thing I thought wasn't necessarily, oh, like, that sucks. That was a split second after. The first one was, 
Yeah, I did give the thumbs down emoji, but that was more that Paul had COVID. <laughs> but the, the, the first split second was, I'm glad that I didn't choose communion because everyone who was in that room is now, since has twice got up and speaking and talking about communion and twice we haven't had a band and like it'll just be all these memories. I'm like, yeah, you just, you want to try and avoid all the similarities at once. So I'm glad that this is the path that we went down. Uh, so the idea is, yes, encountering Jesus. So I was right when I told Paul that. But the idea is, which idea of Jesus are we looking to encounter? There are many ideas of Jesus. There are many uh, ways in which we hold things in the name of Jesus. Uh, Not all of them are true. Not all of them are a full reflection of uh, who Jesus actually is. So we're going to be having a look at that today, but I'm going to be looking at what the, the full version of Jesus is. But first off, there's a few different ideas I want to throw, to throw out there because it might be ideas that we've come across, maybe even ideas that we have held or maybe we're currently holding. And um, hopefully today that, because I've challenged myself today um, while writing this, there's been a lot of, uh, oh yeah, okay, I need to sort of maybe focus on that sort of stuff a bit more, need to be thinking about that a little bit more. And hopefully today, I do that for you also. So if I offend you, if I um, challenge you, you're welcome. But also, I'm not doing it from a place of trying to tell you that you're wrong or a place that you shouldn't be doing this or thinking about this. It's a way of me saying, these are all the things that are out there and I'm challenging you to really thinking about why you believe that or why you think about that or, you know, why that is something that you've maybe thought about in the past. So... Which idea are we trying to, uh, of Jesus, are we looking to encounter? In a time like this in our world in particular, it's very easy as well. With all those different ideas of Jesus floating out there, we can look out seeing people leaving the church in droves um, across the world, people leaving the church uh, for many different reasons. And then there's uh, like people crying out because Christians apparently now can't hold positions of authority or power or public positions anymore because they'll get um, asked to leave about a sermon that was preached 13 years beforehand. Um, There's all these different ideas that are out in the world and we want to react to those. Why are people leaving the church? Oh, you know, this is why. This is what we need to be doing. This is what Jesus would do. Or, you know, why can't you know, someone be a CEO of a corporation anymore and be a Christian. Oh, this is, you know, we've got to fight back. We need to, we need to hold on to this. So we're going to really look at those, keep that in mind as we look through some of these ideas of Jesus. There's a Jesus that will go out, stand up for our rights, stop the changes happening in our world, uh, to let the church and Christians still have influence over the culture. Some of us, we want to encounter that Jesus. There is the Jesus meek and mild, the one that withdraws from culture, creates silo communities and shuns the outside world. Can look appealing. Some of us do want to encounter that Jesus. Others of us want Jesus just to fully jump into culture, be a part of culture, be really relatable and really get in there. 
um, potentially to it the detriment of really knowing what the difference is between Jesus and something that isn't of Jesus. Some of us want to encounter that Jesus. Uh, then there's this other Jesus. Uh, the one that we meet in the New Testament, the one that's um, prophesied about uh, through the whole Bible, the one that was all through the story that Rowan just shared with us through Scripture, a fuller and more complete version of Jesus. Now, we see elements of that Jesus in those ideas that I've just shared before, the ones that we, you know, we maybe we want to encounter. And hopefully today we sort of see why we need to be looking at this biblical New Testament whole of Scripture, Jesus, uh, and understand that those other versions of Jesus, those ideas of Jesus, maybe aren't that healthy, and we really need to be addressing that. So just here are some thoughts. So this is just more me rambling. When I wrote the message uh, on a voice memo, I didn't really write it. I spoke it out, stuck in traffic on the M5. And finally, when I got, okay, this is what's going on, and then it just sort of hit me, so I started recording. And the reason I want to share this is because I think, and I'm going to really stick to what I said because I had to really cut it down. We can all have uh, frustrations with what's going on in the world, with the way that Christians act sometimes, the way that people proclaim the name of Jesus. And so here's some of my thoughts and what it would look like for us when we encounter this truer um, idea of Jesus. Some may just say when we encounter Jesus. We aren't called to be imposing our religious beliefs, our Christian beliefs on others, um, trying to impose what we as Christians or as the church are called to do and act and say on people that just don't adhere to that or haven't chosen that for their lives isn't what Jesus asked us to do. We don't want to be people that have a particular worldview, whether it be conservative, progressive, uh, whatever, and we don't want necessarily to have people that are trying to impose those views on us, whether they're conservative, progressive, or something in between. We don't want them coming up and saying, you should act this way. You have to believe this. We wouldn't be happy with that at all. We may face this already in some small way, or we may feel pressures thinking that people are trying to like, force this on us in some some versive way or the culture is trying to put this on us. Now, just because we have seen that or felt that doesn't mean we need to be reacting back and saying, well, this is what Jesus says you should do or this is what God's plan is for you and for the earth and for our culture and for our government. We shouldn't say, if you don't believe this or act this way, you're not a true Christian. This isn't what we are called to do after we've encountered Jesus. So the Bible, this this book, this bunch of letters that we read and we encounter Jesus in, these stories of Jesus that we read were sent to the churches for the people on the inside, for 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 the Christians, for the believers, for those who are seeking Jesus. 
Yes, Jesus is for everyone. Yes, Jesus loves everyone. Yes, we want to go out and share Jesus with everyone. But we don't want to get caught up with sharing the standards that are set for us to be a Christian, to follow Jesus, and then trying to place it on people who haven't signed up for that. He's talking to us, saying we need to get these things right. We need to get these things right in our life. Why? Because if we don't have these things right, and then we go out into the world thinking that we do, people or ideas are going to come against us. They're going to challenge us. And we don't want to succumb to those ideas and those challenges or react to them. but then also that people can see in us values that we have, values that are attractive, things in our life, just something about us is attractive. The way that we talk to people, care about people, love people. That they want to understand what that is about us and they want to be a part of that. From there... We get to share Jesus. From there, we can then, when they invite us in, they then have an opportunity where they're inviting Jesus in. And then we are doing what we are called to do. So at this point, you may be asking, how do we do all this? Or what does it look like? How do we get to this point? How do we know if we've encountered uh, this Jesus, how do we help others encounter this Jesus? So I'm going to look at two verses, pull out a couple of little ideas, and then uh, some practical steps for us to finish off. So the first one, um, I don't think I've prepped the team, and there's no need for any verses to be on the screen, but they'll probably pop up in the live stream, just the references there, so you have them. Matthew 28. 18 to 20, so I'm reading out of the, uh, the New Living Translation. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always even to the end of the age. So as I said before, we are not necessarily to go out and proclaim it and then put limitations on people or put expectations on people that aren't Christians. We are called to hold ourselves accountable, to hold the church accountable, the people that we uh, live to, with in community together here at C3 Camden. We are called... No, sorry. <clears throat> we need to make sure that we are placing expectations on ourselves that are from Jesus, that are biblical. We're not trying to hold this other set of standards or these other ideas that aren't of this Jesus. And we are there to try and hold them for ourselves and for others around us. Yeah, we're not meant to be placing expectations of Jesus on people that don't know him, haven't experienced him, who haven't 
um, signed up for or are searching out Jesus. We also don't want to be trying to place these expectations on people who maybe once were a part of the church, once knew Jesus and have chosen to walk away. And maybe they no longer want to follow him or aren't in a space to do that. We don't want to be placing expectations on them or placing barriers around them. We're called to change as individuals so that people can see Jesus in our lives. Not just us go out uh, and telling them about Jesus. It says that the, go out and make disciples of all nations. Yes. But what are we going to make them disciples of if we aren't right first? If we aren't right from the inside out, if we aren't oozing Jesus, if we aren't truly being true reflections of Jesus, then how are we then going to go out and make disciples, or at least true disciples? I'm going to skip that part. We need to know that we are called to become like Christ, to be and reflect Jesus, and let, then let him work through us in our words and in our actions to where we may be someone that they come to us and they encounter Jesus through a conversation, a coffee, um, maybe a prayer, Maybe they rock up and you're speaking or preaching or uh, they accept an invitation to a, a gathering. And you are there just being you. You are there being what it is that Jesus is inside of you and they encounter Jesus that way. We don't have to do anything in that way, space. We're just honouring and doing what Jesus asks us to do and they are encountering him. So we ourselves, before we make disciples, go out and try and make disciples and understand what it is to be a disciple maker. We truly have to be a disciple of ourselves, of Jesus. So how is it that we can truly encounter Jesus? What is it that we have to be doing in our lives to really make that happen and this is where the action comes in and I love a good set of actions because it means that I've got something to work on myself uh, I can go away and it's not just something that finishes here on a Sunday um, or whenever you listen to this it, you actually then get to go away and, and think about and get challenged now for me it's probably three things that you've heard a thousand times but we need to keep drilling this in because this is, this is it it's a very simple way to really be doing things, but the first one's prayer, second one's read your Bible, and the third one's community. Very simple. And sometimes the simple things are the hardest because we're like, oh, one, it can't be that simple. Um, we always, and trust me, it sounds simple, not always is. Um, particularly have a, when we get to number two, for me, reading the Bible, not that simple. I'm not a great reader. But they're things that we need to constantly be looking at and addressing because they are the things that uh, are so important 
for us to become a true disciple of Jesus and finding out who this real Jesus is and having him just in us and our lives really reflecting who he is. So number one, prayer. If you are not in daily discussion with Jesus in some way, then how are you meant to hear from him? How are you meant to share things with him that you are struggling with or concerns you have or that person that you said, oh, I'm going to be praying for you, but then you don't pray for five days. Have you just said that you're going to pray for him or are you actually going to be praying for them? Having that true reflection of what it is, you're following up on your actions with the actions um, of what you are saying out loud. And you want him to help you and empower you and change your life, you need prayer. Jesus himself even went away in the garden um, when he knew there was something big coming up. Um, he didn't want to just say, okay. He wanted to ask questions. He wanted to make sure that what was going to happen needed to happen the way it was going to happen. For those who aren't sure what I'm alluding to, he was going to get crucified. But he went away and he prayed and he waited and he asked and he pleaded and he was, you know, <laughs> sweating blood and he was really getting in there and having a conversation with God. I wonder how many of us, we hopefully don't go down the path of sweating blood, but how many of us have really serious conversations with God on a semi-regular basis? But each day, whether it's a, in the morning you get up and pray or in the evening before you go to bed or if it's someone of people that when they say, oh yeah, oh, I'll pray for you and then they go away and actually pray for you on, then and there. Yeah. Or I've got a friend of mine, he's, a, uh, he's a, now an ambulance chaplain and he used to say every time he'd hear a siren go past, he'd start praying because he'd be praying for the people that are in the emergency vehicle and then where they're going to. For all of us, it'll look a little bit different, but each day we should be praying. How are you going to get to know one of the most or the most important person in your life if you don't speak to them? Try being married and not speak to your wife for a day. It doesn't work very well because you find out you've missed a few things. Love you. Number two, read your Bible. I was going to have a cheesy route of talking about reading your Bible and, you know, trying to date someone or reading their profile online, things like that. But it, that would be very true. But I think it's more so if you're expecting to learn more about someone, more about yourself, more about Jesus, how are you going to do that if you never or rarely go and encounter him through the word, through the Bible? Not only are there stories about his life, but we get to see um, the narrative of from the beginning was the word. From the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth all the way through to Revelation where we really get to see the story of Jesus just woven before he physically appeared here on earth. We get to see so much of who Jesus is and his character reflected throughout the whole of Scripture. 
yet we expect to know how all these things about him and have this true relationship with him, yet we may not have read through the whole Bible once in our whole life or we are not reading it at all. Now, for everyone, it looks very different. I know Pastor Rowan has read, going through a period where he was reading like 10, 12, 20 chapters a day while he was exercising. For some people, that's great. You can do that and take that in and that will be building and something that you really long for. For others, that might be the scariest and most insane thing they've ever heard because how are you meant to listen to all that, take it all in and really then start really truly understanding it? For some of, some of us, we only want to read one passage in a day and really sit and reflect on what that passage is saying and really understand what it is that Jesus has been doing through that, you know, really dive in deep. Some people I know have read through, they've had one chapter and they've read that one chapter for a month and keep going through and through and then make journal notes and reflect on that and then write more notes and just to see what God was saying through that passage, whether it was to them, to others that they love and care for, to the church they're a part of. There are so many ways in which you can do that. And this is the big challenge for me. Daily we should be doing this. Again, if we're not praying daily, then how we get to know Jesus. But if we're not reading our Bible daily, how are we meant to understand and know about Jesus' life and then go and make disciples of, and talk to them about a life that we hardly interact with. And last up, community. In Acts 2, 42, uh, which is a passage that I've preached on myself and I've had heard many people preach on and heard it so many different ways, but it is such a great reflection of, of community. So all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to, the fellowship, and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold all their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I, this is like, oh, I love, for anyone who knows me and we talk about, I like, I get FOMO about church all the time and it's, a good and a bad thing. You know, I feel as though that I'm missing out um, if I can't make it to a church service. Uh, yes, online was great during COVID, um, but I was ready to throw the screen out the window and run up here um, and be a part of being in a community together. I cannot understate how important it is to be meeting together regularly. And not just here on a Sunday, gatherings are important whether it's you call it a gathering, whether you're a bit more old school and call it a Bible study or a small group uh, or a cell group if you went through something in the 90s and early 2000s. It really is, there's so many names for it, but it is a group of people getting together, 
sharing life together. That's what, this, that's what Acts 2, 42 to 47 is. You're looking for people in need, whether they're in the group or they know of people. You know, you're sharing a meal together most of the time. You're getting together. You're praising the Lord. Like we'd even have um, times where someone bring along a guitar. Um, sometimes we'd have a full band and, you know, play, you know, just worship songs and sing and praise together. I've even been one where, um, and they still do it today, they once every two weeks on a Wednesday night at 7.30, group of young adults, and even though that that young old adult demographic has changed a lot, they still do it to this day, get together, play just from YouTube or from Spotify, just worship music for a good half an hour. And they'll, 45 minutes, they'll go around and they'll pray, they'll sing, you know, they'll write, you know, they'll get words of knowledge. They'll go and do all those things. Those things are important. That's what builds community. That's what helps you. If you, One of the most important ways which I think people shut off is that, oh, I pray, so, like, or I read the Bible, so I know who Jesus is and I, I, I can call myself a Christian. Oh, so are you connected with the church or anything like that? No, 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 church isn't for me. Well, then I would challenge them. Do you actually know who Jesus is? Do you know what he's actually spoken to us about? Do you know what the Bible says about meeting together, the importance of that? Because my first point is we all have blind spots. Jesus may be yelling at us, telling us that we have something that we need to address. But if we can't see it, how can we act on it at all? Sometimes... We might have seen glimpses of it, but we just don't know where to start. Or know, even know how big it might be and how important it is that we address it. And that's where community comes in. Having a group of people that you can trust. Having a group of people that trust you. Because if you have that deep, healthy connection with people in the church, in this community here together, they will be able to see it. Trust me, they might not tell you, but they'll see it and they'll be able to let you know how big it is. They'll be let you know how it evolved, where it started, <laughs> how it's influencing the way that you talk to people, interact with people, how it's influenced your life. And then you'll be just dumbfounded going, I didn't even know. We need to make sure that we are planted in a community and as I said before, better yet than just being here and part of a church, part of the larger community, we need to be in a gathering or a small group. We'll be able to be vulnerable, share things about your life, your struggles, and others will be able to do that also. And you'll be able to have this shared experience where I've been through that or I'm going through that and they'll be able to share with you And you get this level of trust. And then you'll just see things change in your life. And you'll really start truly getting a greater understanding of Jesus and just how he works through people so much more than you understand. And then you're like, oh, go out and make disciples, hey? That's how you do, <laughs> that's how you do it. That's how you do it. 
And there's so many other things which you can tack on to all of these things and are very much involved in all these things like music, um, studying and going to theology or ministry degrees or courses, podcasts, movies, YouTube, the correct YouTube, not the going down rabbit holes of conspiracy theories YouTube. These are just layers to add on those, but onto those three things. Steph, I'll get you to come up now. Probably could have got you to come up before, but that's all right. So, as I said at the top, hopefully that I've offended you in some way or challenged you, uh, because I have done that to myself. <laughs> I know that those three things, prayer, reading your Bible and communities, they just very, sound so simple. We've heard it probably if we've been in the church for a long time, probably heard it preached about so many times. You might have even heard someone preach a very similar sermon what I've just preached now. You might have sat in a Bible study and someone's walked through a step-by-step Bible study out of a printed book and it's probably said these three things. But sometimes it just needs to be the right time that you get challenged. Sometimes you just need that refresher to really truly understand that I need to be, you know, that I'm not doing great at this. The, you know, I'm like for me, prayer, prayer's easy. Prayer's always been easy. But I can just pray throughout the day. I know Jesus is with me all the time. You know, faith and the spiritual gifts is high. So I never doubt that Jesus is beside me. I know that he's there. But reading the Bible, on the other hand, I don't know, it's just something about sitting down and reading. I just can't do it. I can watch videos, I can listen to stuff, but sitting down and reading, that's where the audio Bible helps. But doing that in the car isn't easy (laughs) or sometimes legal. Um, But I know that that's something that I need to keep challenging myself in because that's the thing that I know that will fall away first. And um, I just love community. It's just who I am. It's just part of me. And I know that that's something, you know, I might get frustrated at times. I might have to check my attitude when it comes to community. Um, But that's all coming from a good place and I understand and know that. But I need to make sure that I am constantly sharing how much I love community because I know that people need to sometimes hear and understand how important community is. So I've got some questions for us to reflect on today. So we're just going to take some time. I'm going to read a couple of questions and just for us to sit and reflect for a few minutes, but then to take it away with us as well into the week. First up from the beginning, which idea of Jesus have we been seeking to encounter? Has it been a full, comprehensive idea of Jesus, the true representation of Jesus? Or has it been maybe the Jesus that we wanted and maybe ignored some of the hard stuff?
out of the three steps, what is the one that I know that I truly struggle with the most? Maybe ask Jesus why it is that I struggle with that. Is it just something that I didn't know was important? It was as important as it is? Or was it potentially something that maybe challenged me too much so I put it to the side? Or maybe again, it just didn't fit my idea of Jesus, so I didn't give it any importance. And lastly, what could I be doing better to really put myself best foot forward to encounter Jesus, the true Jesus? What might have to change in my life? What priorities may have to shift? What preconceptions may I have to uh, drop? What excuses maybe have to be left aside? Jesus, we we come before you knowing that we're not perfect, knowing that we'll have challenges. We know that there'll be the ebbs and flows of life where things are stronger and things aren't. But we know we have to be holding on to you and be reflecting you in our lives, in our actions, in our words. If we are truly going to fulfil your mission of sharing the gospel, making disciples of all nations. Lord, we put ourselves before you. Speak to us. challenge us put people in our lives that will speak honestly and with love to us to help us understand what it is that we need to grow because Jesus we love you We call ourselves Christians because we want to follow you.
Jesus, help us to be the best representation of you that we can be. So we can truly know and love ourselves and truly be able to go out and know and love others so they can see you in us. Thanks for listening to this week's message from our church. We pray that you feel empowered by what you've heard today. We hope that you can stay connected by following us online. You can find us at C3 Camden on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube or visit our website at www.c3camden.church You always will be